Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. I hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Friday morning or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin the Language Nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily whenever I feel like posting on TikTok and on Tumblr. My username in all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. You can also simply search Azrin the Language Nerd on whatever your favorite social media platform is. So again, that is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N, the Language Nerd. And welcome to another podcast episode. I am very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. I want to start things off with something that happened to me all day yesterday. And actually, this story starts two days ago, because two days ago, I went and watched Aladdin in movie theaters. Aladdin released very, very recently, and I wanted to go watch it. It was a good movie. Overall, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Blah, blah, blah. At the movie, I bought some popcorn. And for whatever reason, there was something wrong with that popcorn because the next day, aka yesterday, I was sick to my stomach. I was spending a lot of time in the bathroom, I was feeling a little bit queasy, um, and overall, it was a mild case of food poisoning. On top of that, yesterday, for whatever reason, maybe it was related to the food poisoning, maybe it wasn't, maybe I didn't sleep well, who knows what it was, but yesterday, I was not in a good mental state. Essentially, all I did yesterday, aside from my teaching, was watch YouTube videos and watch a movie, Jumanji was the name of the movie, watch a movie on Netflix. Literally all I did. I was in bed, I was laying there, I put the covers over my head, I was basically super unproductive and essentially just did nothing. Like in a bad mental state and not a great physical state either. And I wanted to kind of talk about this. So I think one thing I've said a few times before on the podcast and on my social networks and everything, it, it'll often seem like on social media that everyone's everyone's life is always really, really good and everyone is feeling 100% all the time. But I think it's important to realize that's not how things work. Everybody, or excuse me, nobody is at 100% all of the time. That's just a reality. I think number two is I I think sometimes there are people who will try to push through really difficult, really difficult times. Or maybe a better way to say it is when they're feeling either physically or mentally not well, they try to push through it. And they try to keep going with life as per as as if they were in a great mental and or physical state. And my whole life I have been someone who doesn't do that. When I'm not feeling well, physically or mentally, I find that I basically shut down. I basically do nothing. I lay in bed. I sit at home. I go to a coffee shop. I just watch TV or watch YouTube or I just relax or I just lay there. I sit there. I basically just, I sleep. I I basically just go into a sort of recovery mode. I spend a lot of time thinking as well, like if, especially if it's a mental, a mental not great feeling. I spend a decent amount of time processing through whatever is whatever is 
whatever the problem seems to be in the moment. I spend a lot of time thinking about it, processing it, trying to figure out a different angle on it, and I find for me that works really well. I don't think it's necessarily for everyone. I, do, I think everyone's got their own process for dealing with physical unwellness or physical sickness or mental, having a bad mental day. I think everyone's got their own systems and I don't know if there is a right or a wrong answer. But I know for me, it it works really well. It works really, really well to just shut down for a day, two days, whatever, to recalibrate and then jump back into life after I've processed through everything that is going on in my body and in my mind. At some level, I actually wonder if that is why like 90% of the time or most of the time or a significant percentage of the time, I am always in a really, really, a very, very positive mood. Usually people who know me or people who interact with me in real life or, in, or virtually or whatever it is, in virtual or physical form, people often will notice that, wow, Azrin's like always in such a good mood. And it, it's true, most of the time I am. And I think for me personally, it's because when I'm not feeling great, I shut down and I recover and I try and figure out what I need to do different, differently. And then once I figured it out, I come back. It's like I go hide in a cave for a few days and like, it's almost like a, a two day meditation or something like that, or a two day like, get away from life and reset and then come back fully charged, like charging a battery or something like that. So I wanted to share it because I think there's value in sharing your truth. I think people can sometimes learn from it. I think maybe it, it, it gets different ideas out there. I think, I don't know. I just believe that it's a good idea to share, share your truth from time to time. Um, so today's Friday, as I said, I am heading out of town for this weekend. I'm going to a city called Taichung. So Taichung is, is out, uh, to be honest, I don't even fully know exactly where it is in Taiwan. I kind of see it on the map when I picture it, but I'm heading out there for basically this evening, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday morning. So let's call it one, two, basically three days over there. I'm gonna do a little bit of touring, but the primary reason that I'm heading out there is to, is to give yet another presentation at a school. If you follow these podcasts for the past little while, I think I've said it a couple times, but I have been doing presentations at schools where I talk about Canada, about me, about how I've learned languages, things like that, basically to, um, to classrooms using Mandarin. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun and it's been really, really good for my Mandarin level. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, any other life updates? I think that's probably everything that's kind of coming to mind right now in terms of life updates. So let's dive into some language learning stuff. So the, the first thing I want to talk about today in terms of language learning is the influence that your environment has on your accent and your way of speaking. This is a fun little phenomena. So before coming to Taiwan, I had a very, a very, uh, how do you say it? A very... China, let's say more of a Chinese accent and Chinese mainland way of communicating in Mandarin. It would, people notice it all the time here in Taiwan. Like, oh, that's a, that's, that's a word they use in mainland China. We don't use that word here. Or they would say, wow, I can hear that you, you're, you, you pronounce this word this way. So clearly you must've been in China. Like that was a lot of 
people made a lot of comments like that. And even when coming to Taiwan, I'll be really honest, a part of my brain was thinking, I think I want to maintain that Chinese, the Chinese accent I have because what I had learned through school and everything and through my classes and through the people I'd spoken with, what I had learned was that that was considered to be the quote unquote standard variety, the most standard variety of Mandarin. Now, as I say that, I know there's a lot of there's a lot of thoughts that are maybe going through people's minds. I think people might be thinking, wow, standard? How do you define standard? Like, what do you mean? That's such a weird, it's such a controversial statement to say this is the most standard variety because how do you define standard? But for me, my thinking on it was, okay, for me as a foreigner, like, when you look at the, 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 the Chinese population or Asian population or Mandarin-speaking population, my initial belief was that if I speak with this northern Mandarin, this northern Chinese kind of accent, the majority of people are going to say, oh, wow, wow, he's got a, he, he speaks like that. That's, that's good. That's kind of what I thought. That, that was my initial thinking. I hope that makes sense, right? Because it was a standard variety. Now, now that I've been in Taiwan, I've realized something, I've realized something really interesting, which at some level I've known, but I didn't realize it fully until I experienced it. Even though many languages, maybe even most languages, have a quote-unquote standard variety of that language, it, it, it actually... <sighs> the judgment that is placed upon you, whether good, bad, or neutral, has nothing to do with the variety of language, but has everything to do with who you're speaking with. You see, I thought to myself, right, that, oh, I if I speak this northern Mandarin dialect, everybody, Chinese people, Taiwanese people, Singapore people, like everybody who speaks Mandarin are going to think, oh, wow, you learned that variety of Mandarin? Good for you. That's what I thought. But instead, what happens is if I'm in China, in northern China, I get praised because I speak like them. When I'm in Taiwan, I don't get praised. In fact, they don't judge me for it, I don't think. Maybe they do, I have no idea, I don't think so. But in fact, here they'll be like, oh, it's so different. Oh, you speak like that. Oh, we don't say that here. No, no, don't use that word, because here we use this word. Or, oh, that sounds like you're from China. And it's not a negative tone when they're saying things like this. It's just that it's really different. It's I've done it too in Canada. I will hear people that will say something like, oh, I'm just going to run to the loo. English learners, I've heard people say things like that. And I, me too, I'll often say, oh, the loo's fine, but here we actually say bathroom or washroom or restroom or whatever. So at the end of the day, I guess what I'm trying to say is, number one, where you are, the region you are in will influence how you are learning because I even feel the Taiwanese accent coming into my Mandarin. I feel it. But number two, the... <sighs> There is no better version of a language. Like, it's just that there's been an arbitrary dialect or accent or something that has been selected as the as the best one to learn or the standard variety or the, 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 the one with the least amount of accent or the most whatever. But the perspective on that, the the value of speaking the most standard dialect or whatever is very, very subjective. If you are not in the region that speaks that specific dialect, you'll just be viewed as different most of the time, right? I, I didn't, I hadn't fully realized that till I, till I experienced it. 
I hope I explained that really clearly. I hope it made sense because I feel like I haven't fully wrapped my head around it in a way that I can clearly articulate it. But hopefully what I'm saying is, is, is resonating and is making some kind of sense to the people listening. Maybe a final analogy I can make that's coming to mind has to do with like the Queen's English. Often they'll say, oh, the best English is technically the Queen's English, right? And even if someone came to Canada speaking the Queen's English, we would just notice that it's different. We'd say, oh, that's like a really British English. Oh, wow, they're saying blah, 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 blah. And that would be like that, 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 that would be it. I don't know if, I, I don't know if we would say, oh, good for you. You learned the Queen's English. You, oh, that's amazing. In fact, in casual situations, it might even cause problems. I have a British student, right? A French student who's British, who's been in Canada for a number of years now. And even she was saying her slang and her casual speech nowadays is, is completely different than when it's back in England because of what we just simply understand and don't understand. She's like, yeah, when I'm in a bar, for example, like I have to completely use different words because you wouldn't understand if I spoke the way I would speak back home. So ultimately, I think the easiest way to sum this up is there is no most standard or best or the, 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 the number one or the most whatever accent of a language or dialect. It's so dependent on who you're actually speaking to. Maybe that's the best way to actually sum it up. While we're on the topic of, uh, of these accents and dialects and everything, I want to make an interesting comment um, based on something a friend of mine said to me. So I, uh, as I've said before, I give these presentations at schools, right? At, at Chinese or Taiwanese schools where I will give presentations about Canada, myself, my language learning, blah, 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 right? I did a presentation at a grade one class, in a grade one class. And when I was doing this presentation, how do I explain this? When I stand up and present, I, I start to realize a lot of things that I need to do for the presentation to go well when I'm in front of the people. Like I'll realize stuff, it'll hit me. When I'm standing there, I realized, oh my goodness, these guys are six years old, seven years old, these guys and girls. And like, I'm speaking with more of a Chinese accent or Chinese dialect, but I don't think that's landing very well with these six, seven-year-olds because I actually don't know how much of this Chinese accent or dialect they've heard. I could just tell it by their faces. I would say something and sometimes the word like wouldn't land or I could just tell something was off. So I decided to kind of switch it up a bit. I was like, okay, I think I need to lean a little bit more into some Taiwanese pronunciation, a little bit more into it. I think I just need to go in that direction. And the second I did, I felt a little bit of a difference. I could see the difference in the faces. I could just feel the difference. So I'm sharing this story with a friend of mine, right? And my friend basically said, oh, so you can actually, you, you can actually at will change your accent. And it, and it hit me and I was like, I guess I can. And I think it, it's one thing that's really, it made me realize something. I think a lot of language learners, they get caught up in focusing on themselves. I do this too. All of us do. This happens to everyone, by the way. I'm not above, I'm not above anyone. Like I, this happens to me too, but we get caught up in thinking about ourselves. We think about, oh my God, did I say that right? Did I pronounce that correctly? Should I have said that differently? Oh, did I do that properly? Oh, how do I say this in the language? This often happens to us. We get a very me, 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 me centric mentality. 
But what I realize I actually do a lot of is I spend a crazy amount of time observing native speakers and watching. How did they do it? What are they doing? How did they say that? Oh, how did, why did they do it like that? Oh, they acted like this. Oh, they pronounced it like that. Oh, here, they don't say this, they say that. Oh, in China, they do this. And I'm noticing in Taiwan, like I'm so focused on other people and focus on myself because I'm always trying to figure out how do I say this? Did I do that right? Did I say that right? Why aren't they understanding me? Blah, blah, blah. But I, I spend a significant percentage of my attention and energy on other people and the people around me. And basically, this sounds kind of weird, but trying to conform, trying to conform, basically, while trying to maintain who I am as a human, who, uh, who Azrin is. I'm trying to maintain that, but I'm also trying to conform to the social norms, the linguistical norms of how people speak, the slang they use. I'm trying to conform to it, right? Um, at the same time, that's a big focus of my, it's a big focus that I, that I have, right? So why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this because I realize that not all language learners always have that kind of focus. Not always, I don't, I don't find. Or rather, maybe they do, I don't know. But the fact that someone said, oh, you can change your accent at will, or you can change the way you speak at will. And I thought to myself, of course, of course I can, because I've now have, I've now experienced Taiwanese, a Taiwanese manner of speaking. I've lived it. I've breathed it. I, I really get it. And I've got a good understanding of a Chinese way of speaking. I'm not an expert, but I have a really good flavor of them both. And I've practiced doing them both. So yeah, I can. And that's when I realized, oh, not everybody can because not everyone tries to do that. Like I couldn't do it for French. Like I could not. I would have a harder time doing that for a Quebec French. Like I would have a harder time speaking more like a Quebec, someone from Quebec than I would from France. And that's because of how, un, un, it's because of two things. Number one, I used to have a bit of a French-Canadian accent in French when I was a teenager and younger, but very quickly I consciously changed it to a French way of speaking from France because when I was in high school I lived in France and I was not teased, sometimes teased and laughed at, but sometimes it's corrected like, oh no, 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 we have to say it like this. So I actually used to think, there's a period of time where I used to think that the Quebec way of saying things was actually less correct. And the French way of saying things was more correct. There was a period where I believed that because I just didn't know any better. So I focused myself really hard on speaking in a French way. And to be honest, I have not, I do not have a really good internal understanding of how Quebec, how a Quebec accent or dialect sounds. I don't really have that. But if I spent three weeks in Quebec and I like focused on it, yes, I could do it because I'd be paying attention and trying to and probably trying to conform, essentially, because I'm there, I'm in Quebec. So just a, a fun fact I wanted to share. I mean, yeah, if you're really focused on that integration side, the understanding the cultural difference side, the linguistic difference side, if you're focused on that then and you practice it, you, you, you will be able to flip-flop between accents and dialects and things like that. Not to say I think one is better or not. I don't necessarily know if it's better that you can conform or whatnot. Some people actually think it's kind of weird. Some people think, wait a second. So you think, you say that when you're in China, actually, here's a good example. When I'm in Taiwan, I have a different accent when I speak in my classes than I do when I speak with someone on the street, like a, a street vendor, 
than when I speak at home with the homestay family. Different accent. When I speak in my classes, I have definitely a much more of a China variety of Mandarin because my teachers actually adopt that kind of speaking. Even though they're Taiwanese, this is weird. This might sound really weird. They adopt a Chinese way of speaking. They use Chinese words. Even when there's a different Taiwanese word, they copy the accent. They use tradition, simplified characters. They, they, they really do. And it's like, whoa, it's almost like I decided to teach, to teach you in a British way. Like, it's very interesting. So I will speak more of a Chinese way with them because that's how they're interacting with me. Um, when I'm on the street, I go pure as, as Taiwanese as I possibly can with accent. Like I try my best. I'm not perfect. I'm sure I'm not perfect, but I try, right? And when I'm at home, if I speak with the seven-year-old child, I go pretty Taiwanese because I, I have a funny feeling that resonates a little more with her. If it's with the son, similar, a little more on the Taiwanese side. I keep some of the Chinese stuff. And with the mom, it's somewhere in between. Like there's some Taiwanese stuff, some China stuff, but it's like a little bit of a hybrid kind of, a little bit of a hybrid kind of way of speaking. I don't really know why that happens, but that's how I choose to do it. So basically, I guess to sum it up, it's almost like I will, I will speak in the way that I will communicate in the way that I think is going to best land with the person, with the audience, with the person I'm speaking to. So yeah, that's my little podcast for today. Hope that was a good one. Just that was a bunch of thoughts swirling through my mind today. I feel a little bit of insecurity. I'll just be really open about this podcast episode. I don't know if this was a good one, if I said anything useful, if I just blabbered on nonsensically for 22 minutes, I'm not actually sure, but that's where I'm at today. That's kind of the best I could put out today, so it is what it is. Hopefully you liked it, and we will talk next time. Bye for now. See you.